Chapter Thirteen of the Ins and Outs of Paris or Paris by Day and Night by Julie de Marguerite. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Small Trades of Paris. There are many ways of making money in Paris, which are not dreamt of in the economy of other cities, and some of these trades ought no longer to exist in the present age of civilization. To make a confession, humiliating as well to Paris as to a Parisian this our well-beloved capital of the artistic world whose refinement of manner wit eloquence taste literature and the arts are far in advance of every other country is in material civilization one nay two centuries behind other capitals especially new york and philadelphia whose dwelling-houses are more convenient and comfortable than those of any other country in the world these minor professions and trades of paris go on from generation to generation and though there is not one of them in which a fortune ever was or can be made yet there are all industries which supply a living to those engaged in them with an occasional billet de spectacle without which no frenchman is truly happy the truth is that without wishing to take away any othello's occupation we must say we think the evils or primitive nuisances which have made these occupations a necessity should be done away with for instance it is a stubborn fact that at this very moment all the water consumed in every house in paris is carried every day by pail into the kitchen by a man whose stock in trade is the water he gets from the various fountains in the city constructed for that purpose first it is brought in a large barrel placed on wheels which the owner harnessed like a beast of burden drags about to his customers to whom it is distributed at two sous the pail the sum which this very necessary commodity thus costs a small family is from five to six francs a month just imagine the many inconveniences of this river god in velveteen jacket and wooden shoes bringing the daily supply of water to all the various tenements of a parisian house your pail travels to the porter's lodge where the tribute for the right of way is a gratuitous supply of water to the portiere then up the six or seven stories to the mansard of the grisette whose two pails a week supply her limited wants at the very door la porte cochere begins a premonitory puddle and on every step of your staircase there is a capacious arabesque in aqua pura or if the man is careful and not in love with the cook of the apartment to which he is going merely a slight dab expanding until it is lost or absorbed by your own polished boots or the trailing petticoats of some lady now the conquerors legislators revolutionists socialists kings emperors and all other possessors of paris have never suggested any other mode than this most primitive one of supplying the city with water they accumulated the fountains in the streets and on the boulevards but the idea of a general reservoir and pipes communicating with the houses seems never to have occurred to them so round these fountains so beautiful in their architecture you will see a conglomeration of wooden casks on wheels wooden pails and wooden shoes you will hear such a rendering of the french language as you had never heard before first for its dialect and next for the exceedingly rich and picturesque oats with which it is seasoned as the savoyards have a peculiar vocation for chimney-sweeping so have the auvergnats the monopoly of water-carrying they are a strong athletic race bringing from the rugged mountains of their picturesque country the honesty and simplicity supposed to distinguish the swiss but which has been educated out of them by numerous tourists sober of course for intemperance is an exception in france 
handsome and good-natured your porteur d'eau in his deep blue velveteen jacket with many white buttons his turned-down collar and broad-brimmed hat is the passion of some sentimental cook who watches for his daily visit with a beating heart offers him a chair calls him not like others by his professional appellation but monsieur antoine or monsieur andre and presents him with a cup of the fluid in which he deals infused with a portion of her master's mocha the auvergnat is no gay deceiver nor is he easily caught he has an eye to the main chance and chalks up his profits on the end of his cask and therefore knows how many more such sums it would take to maintain two instead of one he would not marry for money feed donc not for money alone but a comfortable little capital at the savings bank will settle the question between two rivals for his affections and make him at once decide whose of the many eyes that look favourably on him are the brightest it takes about fifty francs to set up a porteur d'eau and the only ambition open to this class is to possess several water-casks and farm them out the porteur d'eau is a great politician particularly in the part of the city near the temple and the faubourg st antoine about four o'clock each day his work being ended the chateau d'eau with its classic lions ever pouring forth the sparkling water becomes a sort of debating society seated on the shaft of his cart he may be seen surrounded by some scores of his fellows diligently reading and commenting upon the contents of a crumpled and somewhat torn newspaper the porteur d'eau varies his political readings sometimes he is calm just a milieu sometimes violently red sometimes he belongs to that wholesome opposition necessary to sustain the ministers sometimes he stoutly upholds all people in power and the authorities generally or at others eschewing graver studies he gets deep into the details of the fashion or the discussions of the dilettanti of which he understands very little excepting when metaphorical musical critics compare certain voices to limpid streams torrents avalanches and sparkling waters then between the memory of his mountain streams and his water casks he gets at the true meaning his tastes and his politics of course depend upon the paper which his dulcinea like her of tobosa much addicted to the peeling of vegetables and not at all literary contrives to steal from her master to her a newspaper is a newspaper one is as good as another she regards them all as a sort of luxury indulged in by men much the same as those small vices to which tobacco is the ministering angel and knows no more about the merits of one paper above another than she does of the various qualities of the weed your porteur d'eau too is also a hero of paul de coq one of the fruitful author's novels bearing the title and treating of these distinguished personages paul de coq chooses his heroes most judiciously among his readers next to this hero of the kitchen comes the hero of the ante-room the frotteur now your frotteur is a much smarter man than your porteur d'eau he is almost always a parisian full of the true parisian wit and vivacity honest and merry he has read some stray volume from all the libraries he goes into in his daily avocation and usually prefers voltaire he likes the way in which that witty philosopher has treated all obscure and metaphysical subjects and appreciates more his dictionnaire philosophique than he does the dreamy serious and melancholy essays of all the modern philosophers and reformers he is a man of the world too and listens eagerly to all he hears 
and he hears much and often strange things for people think no more of him than they do of the furniture he rubs he is sans conséquence the femme de chambre who looks down on the porteur d'eau simpers and smiles at the frotteur and will go on a sunday to the ambigu or the vaudeville with this most gallant of cavaliers whose running conversation between the acts makes her laugh as much for he speaks loud that all may have the benefit of his good things as arnal le peintre jeune or ravel on the stage the frotteur is an exclusively french production he is like his avocation untranslatable we can only give you a catalogue raisonné of his duties in order that you may get an idea of him to every family he comes once a week he arrives with a green baize bundle under one arm and an enormous feather broom under the other no sooner has he entered than he doffs off his coat he wears a coat puts on a linen jacket gets out of his shoes appearing in very clean blue worsted stockings and retaining his jaunty cap on one side of his curly head dives into the various rooms of the apartment asterisk the reader of course understands that the word apartment in its french signification means the several rooms composing a household in a tenement house then after a preliminary sweeping of floors shaking of curtains the moving of every article of furniture to free it from dust he ends by strapping to his foot a hard brush well waxed which with a supply of wax he has taken from his green baize now transformed into an apron thus equipped his arms akimbo whistling or singing some popular air he begins skating over the rooms in all directions carpets have it is true made sad inroads on the duties of the frotteur almost every salon has its dobusson carpet in the middle of the floor and la chambre de madame is carpeted all over with the looms of salandrous but the dining-room the library the ante-room in fact every other portion of the apartment has not been invaded by the anglicismatic carpet so that all these floors composed either of oak or of brick have to be rubbed and brushed until they are polished as the brightest mahogany table then how the frotteur glories in his work and how puzzling it is to feet unused to the slide and guide of a parisian walk to get safely over the floor without being suddenly precipitated upon it it is decidedly pleasanter to look at than to sit on the frotteur's is hard work though it has a certain dignity which compensates for much he is well paid and his ambition is boundless but he generally attains nothing beyond marrying a femme de chambre who so considerately administers to him a verre de vin with some stray piece of pâté in the ante-room then they settle down as the concierge in the fourth-rate hotel garni where she by furnishing breakfast and attending generally to the lodgers makes a nice little profit whilst he with one or two sprawling frotteur apprentices keeps the whole house in order executing confidential communications giving obliging information and in every way helping out strangers in their parisian experiences for which he gets well remunerated at the corner of every street you will observe there stands with the pertinacity of a policeman an honest good-natured looking man with a quick eye which seems to have the power of glancing all ways at once he is a commissionaire the most intelligent discreet and trustworthy messenger that ever carried billet doux challenges or billet de banque in summer he sits on a little truck peculiar to his trade and plays with very greasy cards eternal games of écarté 
with the lemonade merchant on the corner the mechanical cry of limonade glacée by the latter in no wise interrupting the scientific combinations of the game in winter the commissionnaire stands by the warm fragrant furnace of the marchand de marron a trade frequently to be seen in new york and philadelphia or just shelters himself from the snow and rain within the sill of the marchand de vin here or perhaps within some hospitable porte cochere on a rainy day the commissaire establishes a profitable and heaven knows how necessary in the streets of paris an industry producing brushes of every size and limpid blacking he cleanses your boots from all traces of the mud of the dirtiest streets you ever imagined or ever saw excepting pardonnez those of your own new york immaculate boots being indispensable in paris to all his humble establishment makes wonderful profits and the last few years have produced many imitators on a grand scale in all the frequented localities such as the place de la bourse the passage choiseux the passage de l'opera etc these are large shops hung with mirrors and having high velvet benches on which the customer sits reposing his feet on a lower one and reading the journal always on hand here whilst the decrotteur performs his office two sous pays for this luxury no dearer than at our friends the commissionnaire yet immense sums have been realized by this trade of such universal utility many people have their boots cleaned before entering every house they visit and a clerk bringing a parcel from a linen draper's is as particular as a suitor bouquet in hand going to visit his intended strange is it not that with this love of neatness and luxury the french should be so slovenly in all the details of their houses and streets it has given them the reputation of a dirty people whereas personally perhaps they are the cleanest in europe End of chapter 13